Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. How to design a beautiful home and life and make sure it's energy aligned. I'm your host, Amanda Gates, and I'm an interior designer and feng shui practitioner. And these combined skills have made me a floor plan reading expert. Energy design is like astrology for your home and your life. And who doesn't want more of that? I believe in all things pretty. In fact, my team and I love the pretty. But what makes my firm different is that we can help you create designs that are also energy aligned to help you get the home and life you've always dreamed of. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey everyone. Welcome to Home Energy Design. I'm your host, Amanda Gates. And today I am really excited to share with you Ashley Levy of the Love and Light School of Crystals. Now, one of the things that I get asked all the time is about crystals and how we can incorporate them into our spaces to promote healing and really boost our health and well-being. And one of the things that I love about Ashley is she has this amazing school called Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. The reason that I love crystals is one, they're beautiful, so they are a really great thing or addition to our home. But the other reason that I love them is that they do have these amazing healing properties to them. And so I always encourage people to set up an altar within their home with all of these amazing crystals. The other thing is, is that as an interior designer, I can utilize crystals in unique ways like countertops and bathtubs and sinks and things like that. And what I love about Ashley is she has this vast knowledge around crystal therapy and crystal healing. And so today we're going to get into the idea of what exactly that means, why an altar is important and why everyone should have one and why you should, you know, dip your toe into this idea of crystal therapy and crystal healing and what it can really do to boost and benefit your life. All right. Are you ready? Let's get started. This is Amanda Gates, and I am so excited to have Ashley Levy of the show today from Love and Light. Welcome, Ashley. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to have you because it's funny, I I don't go on Pinterest a lot, but I do go on Pinterest, you know, occasionally, and I don't know if I'm just attracting it because I'm into crystals and, you know, the woo-woo world and all that, but I always see these great infographics and I'll like be looking at them. And then lo and behold, at the bottom, it says love and light. And I'm like, oh, it's Ashley. <laughs> we do love our infographics, that is for sure. <laughs> you are like all over uh Pinterest, which I love, it, it, but it cracks me up every time I find something that I love. I'm like, of course, it's Ashley's <laughs> infographic. <laughs> so what I'm curious about is, you know, I, I loved reading your story on your website about how you kind of fell into this world, but share with the audience how you got into crystal therapy and, and healing through your devotion through crystals. Sure. So it really, it does go all the way back to my childhood. When I was a little girl, I was really fortunate to be able to spend a lot of time with my grandparents. And my grandpa um, was a chemical engineer by trade. And after his retirement, I think he was always looking for ways to, you know, keep his mind active, keep himself busy. Um, He always had a passion and a love for the natural world. He would do things that sound super nerdy at first glance, but they're really cool to me. Like he would track the migration of geese at this pond by himself and catalog all the native plants that grew in the area. And one of the things that 
he did in this, you know, whole kind of realm of connecting with nature and understanding Mother Earth is he had this huge mineral collection. And I can remember spending hours up in his study and having him show me his different minerals and tell me about where they came from and how they were formed. And I was just always so enamored with how beautiful these crystals were. So one Christmas, when I think I was in about the third grade, he gave me a book, the Smithsonian Institute Guide to Crystals and Minerals. And I was in love. I just tore through the pages, looking through everything. And one of the things that really stood out to me in that book was um, the, the discussion on the historical use and legend and lore behind crystals that kind of opened up a whole new world for me. And so I spent years on my own kind of doing some self-study, learning about crystals and how they'd been used historically and when they came up in these different legends and myths. And it was so interesting. And when I was um, in my late teens and early 20s, I started to get really into the metaphysics of crystals. I ended up taking a part-time job at a new age shop while I was going to college. And my passion for crystals was kind of rekindled and reignited. And I ended up taking my first professional crystal healing training while I was working at that new age store, which now I actually own. <laughs> um, kind of funny how these things work out. But it just opened up this whole new world. And that very first training, I really just took for myself to explore my own personal relationship and spiritual development when it came to using crystals. And after that workshop, it was just totally life transforming, life changing. And I knew that I had to bring this work with crystals to other people. I knew that that was what my life path had in store for me. I love it. I love that you're going to college probably for something entirely different. And then the universe steps in and goes, no, 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 I got this. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. So I had um, graduated with my degree in ornamental horticulture, and I decided to go and finish out my bachelor's in botany. Um, and I love plants. Again, it's that whole connection to the natural world. But really for me, I loved horticulture because it was about digging in the soil, getting in the earth, working with plants. And botany was so different. And I, you know, I started to feel really burnt out on that path, realizing that my only career opportunities would be like working for Monsanto or some big company making genetically modified organisms. And things just really didn't fit in alignment with my beliefs and my life path. And when I found crystals, it just, everything clicked for me. Everything felt right. That's so awesome. I think that the audience can really glean from that, this idea of, you know, finding your flow state, so to speak, of this thing that you absolutely love and lights you up and like, go that direction, go that way, because that's obviously aligning with your divine purpose. It's so true. And just listening to that, it can be scary, right? I mean, I was on this very um, one directional path toward a, a very traditional type of career. I had a lot of pressure from friends and family, you know, to go have this, you know, more mainstream job where I would make good money and everything felt safe and secure and kind of taking the leap into starting my own business as a crystal healer and later evolving that into an online school where I train others how to become professional 
functional crystal healers, it was scary. I mean, I had no idea at first what I was doing. I had no real business experience. I, I didn't have any of that stuff, but I had a passion and a love for what I was doing and a really strong belief in myself and an understanding that when you are aligned with your happy place, when you're really truly in harmony and balance with what lifts you up and, and what motivates you, then the universe just kind of takes care of the rest. And so I was so, so grateful to have that, that inner knowing and that self-support um, to make my dreams come true. And I think that's great. I think that everybody who's listening today, I hope that they listen to that because I think women, especially, I think we do tend to take the more traditional path and do what feels safe and do kind of what those around us are telling that we should do rather than, you know, and so what happens is, is those passions lie dormant for years rather than us, you know, really making a career out of it and thriving in something that we love. That's so true. And for me, it just really came down to asking myself, you know, is this something that if I don't take this chance, if I don't work toward this, am I going to regret it later? And for me, the answer was a resounding yes. You will totally regret this if you don't work toward it. So I knew that I had to at least take a chance. And I knew that there was a risk that I might fail. And for me, that was super scary. I was in a place in my life where I was young. I didn't have a lot of money. It was like a very scary thing to think that, you know, if this didn't work out, I wouldn't be able to pay my bills. I had no idea how I was going to take care of myself, but I knew that I had to try. And, um, you know, I, I think for many of us, we can all find that reason not to try in our lives, whether it's, you know, worrying about how you're going to pay your bills and support your family or, just leaving the comfort and security and safety of a job that is somewhat comfortable, where you are stable. These things, they can stop us from really reaching out and grabbing at the thing that's being presented to us. And the thing is that we are always given choices in life. And sometimes you just have to make that scary choice and know that you really can impact and influence your own future. This is something that you are in control of. Oh, I love that. Amen. <laughs> um, so I, I want to back up just a little bit for, you know, I'm diving into this because I've been into crystals for many years, but for those who are listening today who may be new to this concept and don't really know what a crystal is or what a mineral is, um, what exactly is a crystal and how is it different from, say, a rock that you find outside? Sure. So a crystal is any regularly repeating atomic structure um, that has kind of a unique molecular blueprint to it. So a crystal is basically a mineral, uh, and a mineral is any inorganic substance right? That is naturally occurring in a solid state. And so we have minerals and a crystal is a mineral that has a regularly repeating atomic blueprint to it. Um, so it's thought that by taking a crystal, which has this perfect stable structure and bringing it into our own energy field, 
our energy field will start to mimic that perfect stable energy vibration and become more in balance and more harmonious with the world around us. So a rock, on the other hand, is made of more than one mineral. So it's a combination of minerals. If you think of something like many of you listening may be familiar with the stone lapis lazuli, this is actually a rock. Sometimes in the new age community, the metaphysical community, we use these terms all interchangeably, a rock, a mineral, a crystal, a gem, um, but a rock has more than one mineral. So for the example of lapis, it has little golden specks of pyrite mineral. It also has blue lazurite and sometimes a little bit of white calcite of all mixed in. And then there's gemstone, which we also use that term kind of interchangeably, but a gemstone is a mineral or crystal that is valued and prized for its clarity and its rarity and its durability to be used in jewelry making. Oh, that's so interesting. I never knew that about lapis. I, I learned something today. I love it. <laughs> So I, I think that you've pretty much answered this question by saying that um, it's more the stability, but you know, often when you go to a rock show or a metaphysical shop and they have the crystals there, each stone has a different healing ability or, or healing modality to it that it can offer either your home or your uh, personal uh, chi or your personal body. Is it because of the stability that it's aligning with that that creates the healing properties? You know, that's the, the main way that crystal healing is thought to work, but there are other things that come into play here. So the crystal shape or structure sometimes has an influence on the energetic qualities that are assigned to that stone. The color has a very big impact, and this is something that um, many of us who use crystals in feng shui kind of go to right away as color because you can incorporate crystals into your space according to the Bagua map based on the color frequency that they have. Um, but it really, it's more about your personal connection with the stone. It's about your intention behind using that crystal. So when you look for um, the properties of a certain stone, let's say something like amethyst, that beautiful purple violet colored stone. Now, if you read one book versus another book, you might find very different qualities listed. Well, why is this? It's because those authors, when they're writing about crystals, or if this is a YouTube video you're watching or someone's blog you're reading, they're talking normally about their experience with that stone. And because we each have a very unique energetic blueprint or a very specific resonance to our chi or prana, and crystals all have their own unique energy blueprint, when those two come into contact with one another, it creates a very individual experience for each person. Wow, that's so interesting. I love that idea. And that makes so much sense. Like you're right, when you go to a rock show versus a metaphysics shop to, you know, finding something on say online or Etsy or something like that, they often do. There's usually a thread that is similar, like with amethyst with its healing properties, but there are some usually uh, they can get creative with their adjectives. So that must be why. That's so true because everyone's just kind of talking about, you know, what that stone really does for them or maybe what they've um, had come through about that stone during meditation or in their dreams or from working with clients. 
And what's really interesting is that uh, there are these common threads, like you mentioned. You can look at maybe 10 different resources and find that maybe there are a couple traits of amethyst that kind of present themselves and come through in every single one of those sources. And so that's really how we kind of distill down uh, these properties or meanings behind each crystal. What's most common uh, among all people's experiences? What could be uh, a likely property of that stone based on a majority of people's experience with that crystal. I'm so sorry. I had my ringer turned off on my phone, but not on my computer. <laughs> it is Mercury retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting. And I, I think that that's so true because, you know, with some of the more basic stones like amethyst, rose quartz, uh, tiger's eye, you know, th there tends to be a lot of the, like with rose quartz, let's say, for example, it's, it's often the key word is love. It's all about self-love and love. And, and so you, you tend to see the, the similarities. Whereas when you get into something that's a little bit more unique, like a Jasper, that's where the, that one thread can get a little bit lost. And it's probably because of the experiences around the healing properties. You know, that's very true. But in addition to that, with something like Jasper, Jasper's so multifaceted. There are so many varieties of Jasper and they vary greatly in their color, in where they're from, their locality. Um, and all those things kind of have an influence on the energetic qualities as well. So uh, it's kind of interesting when you're working with a stone like Jasper, that's really a, a group of, of large, you know, large variety of minerals um, that you can have such varied experiences from one stone, even though it has the same chemical uh, composition and structure to it. Interesting. So what I'm curious about is, is you had mentioned earlier that you should, you know, go towards the, the stone that you're called to, which is often how I tell people to find stones for their home. I don't typically line them up with the bag wall map. I will typically say, you know, uh, go towards what you're most attracted to because that's likely what you most need. But for somebody who's listening today that that gives them anxiety about because they're like, ah, I don't know what to do. Is there stones that you typically recommend for people to start out with, or do you still recommend that they just go to what they're called to? You know, it's, it's a little bit of both. So there are some really common recipes. Um, so for example, if you are following the Bagua map, you can take a look at your prosperity corner, which is the far back left corner from the main entrance of your home or your apartment or even your office. And citrine is a stone that works really well here. Now, it doesn't necessarily align with the color in the Bagua map that way, but because that's your wealth and prosperity area, and citrine is known as the merchant stone, it's a stone that is naturally really strongly aligned with calling in more abundance, it's the perfect crystal to place in that area of your home. Um, similarly, you could look at your home from kind of a room by room basis, something like your bathroom, which tends to kind of cling to negative energy. We're always worried about cleansing the bathroom, making sure that the energy is really clear here. You could add a stone like selenite, which helps keep your space clear and free from negative energy. So there are some different approaches that you can use that don't just follow a traditional Bagua map approach. Cool. And so one of the questions that we get a lot is, 
when somebody does start, I always recommend that people start altars within their home. It's a great place to, you know, focus and um, start a collection and also have great healing properties. But one thing that people ask me all the time is how should they care for their stones and how should they treat them? Yes, this is such a big one. So the main things that you'll hear when you first start learning about crystals are about cleansing and charging. So cleansing is the act of removing any energy, and we're going to just call it negative energy for simplicity's sake, but really energy is just energy, and this is energy that isn't for your highest good, energy that's not moving you forward toward your goals, energy that isn't lifting you up. It's just kind of excess energy that's cluttering things up and kind of adding to the chaos in your space. So crystals have this ability to absorb, store, and transmit energy. So when we have all this excess energy that's not for our highest good, it's cluttering things up, we want to cleanse that regularly. And cleansing that from your crystals is especially important because they're such good amplifiers. Now they can amplify your intention that you set, which is normally the reason that you're using that stone. For example, say you put a rose quartz on your altar to bring more love and compassion and family harmony in your home. That would be excellent. But if you have lots of chaotic excess energy kind of around in your space and it starts to cling on to that rose quartz, that rose quartz is no longer going to work as effectively. So cleansing it regularly would be really important. And there are a few ways that you can do this. One of my favorites is through sound. So you can use bells, Tibetan singing bowls, chimes, anything that's going to make a really strong sound vibration. Because as those sound waves pass through the crystal, it kind of knocks out any of that excess energy that's not for your highest good and returns that crystal back to its base oscillatory state. And so you end up with that crystal kind of having a fresh start. It's like giving your house a spring cleaning. It's, it's kind of the same principle. You just feel so good afterward. Or think about if you've you know been out and you've had a really stressful, chaotic day and you come home and you take a nice hot bubble bath. How good does that feel? That's kind of what cleansing is like for your crystals. It just allows them to kind of reset so they can do their thing and be more effective. So other than sound, I also really like smudging. And you can use something really traditional like sage or sweetgrass, but I really love using Palo Santo, which comes from Central and South America. I love the smell of it. It's kind of woodsy and earthy and it cleanses my space and helps me feel really grounded. And the thing I love about smudging is while you're cleansing your crystals, you just burn these sacred herbs, or in the case of Palo Santo, this is a wood, pass your crystals through the smoke. And while you kind of already have those smudging materials burning, you can do a quick pass through your space and do a little space clearing as well. You could do the same thing, of course, though, with those bells or chimes if you were using sound. Um, and that kind of takes us into charging. So after we've cleansed and we've returned our crystals to their kind of base oscillatory state, that nice starting point, that fresh clean slate, then you can charge them with positive energy. And this is something that you hear about a lot. And I used to do personally in my crystal practice all the time when I first got started. But over the past more than a decade of working with crystals professionally, I've honestly found that I haven't noticed much difference if I try and charge my crystals up with sunlight or moonlight or energy from specific herbs or 
um, however you like to charge your crystals, I, I honestly find that it doesn't really seem to make much difference. The crystal already has so much energy and it's such a high vibrational frequency that this charging is kind of really more for our own benefit. It kind of gives us peace of mind that we're sending some positive energy to that crystal. We're making a personal connection to that crystal. And so I don't think charging is necessary, but I do think if it's something that helps you kind of maintain your connection to your stone, that really does help your crystal become more effective because this isn't like a set it and forget it sort of thing on your altar or in your sacred space. Once you place those crystals, it's great just to sit for a few minutes each day and look at your crystals, hold your crystals, think about why you place them there and what changes you're hoping that they'll make in your life. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I've had the same experience with the stones on my altar. I've always uh, felt it necessary to remove any gunk that they've picked up, but I have not noticed any major shift or change when charging them. So I often haven't recommended that. So I'm so glad that you brought that up because I've experienced that too. Um, with that, do you recommend altars? Do you like a place where all of the, the stones are at so that the people can enjoy them? Or is that just more of a personal preference? I absolutely recommend using altars. I actually have one large altar that I have in my sacred space in my home. That's my room where I do yoga and meditation. It's where I do a lot of my creative things. Like I love watercolor painting and I often will um, write in that space as well. Anything that's really soul nourishing, I like to do in that space. And I, right now I have a very large altar and my altar I find changes really often. So for me, uh, my altar right now has a very large statue of Ganesh, the remover of obstacles. Um, and I also have a lot of little goddess figurines on my altar right now. I've really been connecting with lunar energy and with the feminine energy of the moon. So I have some images of the moon. I have some crystals that connect with lunar energy like rainbow moonstone, labradorite, black moonstone, angel aura quartz, some things that are really meaningful to me. And then I also have representations of the elements on my altar, which that's a new thing for me. I haven't really worked with that too much in the past, um, but I have a little feather to represent air. I have a shell filled with some water for the water element. I have a beautiful candle for fire. And then of course, all my gorgeous crystals for representing the earth element. And this is really for me about finding more balance between these different aspects of my life. So fire is really about your passion and motivation and creativity and water is about your emotional intelligence and your intuition. Earth is about staying grounded and centered and present and air is about the mental aspect. So I'm just finding I'm in a place in my life where I need some more balance between these different parts of my life. So that was something I chose to incorporate in my altar. But this is a really such a personal thing. You can put anything that's meaningful to you. Maybe you have something from your wedding ceremony or from the birth of a child that you'd like to add to your altar. Maybe you want to add some family photos to your altar um, or something that you found in nature, a beautiful beach pebble or a feather or something that's just really meaningful to you and your connection with your spirituality. But I don't just have this main altar in my home. I find that 
actually each room has one small area that almost has a mini altar and you wouldn't know it from first glance. It almost looks like it's just part of my decor, which I like. It kind of just melds right into the different themes that I have in each room of my home. But to me, it's something I've created with intention and that's the most important part. Mm, I would absolutely agree with that. That's the most important part. I too have a, I have a big, massive altar in my house and in my office. And uh, it makes me laugh because I started my altar probably about 10 years ago and it was just in a tray, like a, a serving tray. And it has since grown. It's all over the console. And now I've got another console that I've put underneath, which also has stones and just all the little treasures that I found. And I find that when I visit it, I, I go to it in the morning and at night, but it just really lights me up. It makes me feel good. I have the white Terra Buddha. Uh, I've got a real pretty uh, picture that I had professionally framed. It's a, it's actually a, a tapestry. It's a silk tapestry that was loomed in China. And um, I had that professionally framed and I have that over it. But all the fun little things that you were just talking about, feathers and sticks and rocks and minerals and all the things that are meaningful to you. I think it's so empowering to have that in, in your space and, and lift you up. Absolutely. And even, you know, something as simple as fresh flowers. It's something that is a little bit of a luxury, but you can treat yourself to something like that, especially if this is a place where you're consciously um, spending some time each day. I feel like make it really meaningful. And if you can't do fresh flowers every day, invest in some really beautiful dried flowers, maybe even a really nice silk arrangement, whatever it is that kind of works for you do that because it just lifts you up. And so this is where I do my morning meditation. This is where I end my evening each day. And I just find that I feel like such a happier, more fulfilled person taking these quiet moments for myself a few times a day to kind of reflect on the energy that I am creating and trying to draw into my life. Mm, I think that's just such a brilliant tip right there. For those who are listening, you know, the, one of the things that I always say about having an altar is it just really sets forth your day and closes down your day, which is exactly what Ashley just said. And it helps you focus your intent. I feel like in this frenetic world where we're like in this constant yang beta state of go, 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 we don't really soften and, and sit down in our vulnerability and um, just really get clear and intentional about what it is that we want in our lives and, and what we're really trying to manifest. And I feel like an altar is one of the, the greatest ways to do that because it helps you tune in and get clear about what it is that you want in life. That's so true. I love that. So if you could leave the audience with, any of the tips that we've talked about today, or maybe a new tip around stones and minerals and just everything that we've talked about um, to encourage them to want to get started with them or maybe get back into them, what would that be? You know, I think my advice would be to take it slow. And I know this is strange coming from someone who loves crystals so much, but I think when people start to get interested in crystals, they become almost a little... Um, frenetic. They get so excited about all the different minerals there are and they just want to, you know, like start this big collection of crystals. And for me, I find so much more uh, depth in my connection and so much more impact on my life when I really work 
deeply with just one crystal at a time. So maybe you start with something like rose quartz for love and empathy and compassion, and you really get to know that stone. You have that stone on your altar. You meditate with that stone. You journal about that stone. You get to know that stone really intimately. And when you start to work with it, you see the impact and change that it has on your life. And once you really fully integrated that connection, then you maybe add in some citrine for prosperity or some jade for luck and health. Um, this is really kind of an ongoing process. Uh, also, I would just say, you know, really trust your own intuition. If there's something that you feel really called to use, then use it. If you're interested in creating more physical health for yourself and you're really drawn to use, you know, um, say, a red jasper for that, but none of the books or resources out there say that red jasper is for physical health. Well, you know what? That's okay. Trust your inner guidance. Trust your intuition uh, because your connection with that crystal is what matters more than anything else. Mm, what a great tip. Ashley, thank you for saying yes to doing this and coming on and sharing your knowledge about crystals with my audience. If people are interested in learning more about you or taking one of your courses, how can they find you? Well, I am always available over on Facebook. Um, so facebook.com slash love and light school. And you can also find us at our website, loveandlightschool.com, where we have tons of free articles and videos. And we even have a free mini intro class all about using crystals to balance your chakras. Ah, perfect. I love it. So I will also mention that uh, we will have Ashley's information in our show notes. So if you're interested in learning more and you can't remember anything she just said, just go over to our website and it will all be there as well. Ashley, thank you so much for saying yes to this. Oh, thanks for having me, Amanda. It was a pleasure. Well, I'm hoping after this amazing interview, you are all totally inspired to go out and start collecting stones and getting curious about, you know, just all the great amazing things that they can do for you and boost your life. It's also, you know, it's cold right now. So a lot of us aren't thinking about this, but one thing that I love to do is have stones in my garden. So that's also something if you have a patio or a garden area or an area where you love to grow your plants, your trees, crystals are a great thing, a great addition to your garden. So be sure to have an open mind about the types of stones and how you use them and how you uh, enjoy them. So I hope that all of you are encouraged to also get started with an altar. If you don't know how to do that, you can go over to my website or Ashley's website and learn more about how to set up an altar and, you know, how to look for stones, how to find stones and start that collection process. All right, everyone, I hope that you are enjoying this amazing season of fall as we approach the holidays. This is my favorite time of year. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, leave us a review. We love to hear from you. If you'd like more information about the show, you can head on over to our website at gatesinteriordesign.com and get onto the show notes with all of the information. And hey, if you're interested in a floor plan reading, be sure to reach out at letschatatthegatescompany.com to be connected to our team to get this process started. And hey, they make great holiday gifts too. All right, everyone, trust the vibe because the energy never lies. 